The Michelangelo Signorelli Show. No limits, no boundaries. On Sirius XM. Welcome back. I'm Michelangelo Signorelli on Sirius XM LQ 108, 109. Our new number. Sorry about that. A few days ago, the actor Michael Douglas said that his battle with throat cancer um, was because of HPV. His particular kind of throat cancer uh, was caused by the HPV virus. Now, we've talked a lot about HPV on the show, uh, a concern when it comes to cervical cancer for many women as well as many gay men, uh, anal cancer, pap smears uh, advised women and gay men, of course, there's now vaccine for um, young girls and boys as well to prevent HPV. How realistic of a threat is HPV when it comes to uh, throat cancer uh, or oral sex? And obviously uh, the problem being or the um, danger being throat cancer. Uh, joining me to talk about it is Dr. Jeffrey Klausner who is professor at the UCLA Geffen School of Medicine, UCLA School of Public Health. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Good afternoon. Uh, so it's in, it's interesting because in the past people have thought about throat cancer and thought about smoking uh, and, of course, um, other kinds of um, carcinogens that uh, people might uh, be taking in. But there's been a drop in... Uh, uh, d cases uh, with regard to um, smoking, and obviously people have uh, cut down on smoking, but there's been a spike with HPV-related uh, throat cancers. Talk a little bit about the rising cases and the connection. Yeah, so there's been um, increased recognition that HPV, human papillomavirus, causes um, oral pharyngeal or uh, throat cancers. And uh, recent studies have shown that about three quarters, uh, about 72, 75% of throat cancers have HPV virus uh, detected within them. And we know the HPV uh, virus can cause cervical cancer. We have a pretty good understanding of the mechanisms of that cause. Also anal cancer, penile cancer, and um, so it's no surprise, perhaps, if we find HPV in tumors in, uh, associated with cancer, that that's assumed to be uh, a causal, uh, causal agent. Talk, talk a little bit about the statistics on throat cancer. Um, men affected more than women? Yeah, so there's about uh, twice as many men have throat cancer than women. There's been an increase in HPV related uh, throat cancers uh, since the mid-1980s when a recent report had uh, looked at the uh, trends. It's still fairly uncommon. We're still talking about, you know, thousands of, of you know, on order of three to 5,000 cases a year, you know, much less common than breast cancer or colon cancer, other cancers that we hear about. But uh, throat cancer um, actually now um, in, 2000, well, in 2010, eclipsed cervical cancer. So because of cervical cancer prevention programs and routine screening, throat cancer caused by HPV is actually more common 
than cervical cancer, and everyone's heard of cervical cancer, but few people have actually heard of throat cancer, and even fewer know that HPV causes throat cancer. And so I, I guess what people are thinking about is the risk of, um, through oral sex, um, getting HPV and then the chances of that developing into uh, cancer. And, and, and I guess that's obviously the worry everybody has. Right. So we do know that um, oral HPV can be acquired uh, from oral sex, both the performance of fellatio, the performance of, of conolingus. It can, it's also associated with, uh, with uh, French kissing or oral-to-oral contact, also genital-to-oral contact. H, um, H, HPV, I've called in the past the genital cold. It's a, it's a very common virus. Uh, it's easy to spread. Most sexually active uh, people have evidence of HPV antibodies, which means that sometimes in their life they've been exposed and infected. Um, studies show that at any given time, about 10% of American males will have HPV in their uh, oral secretions. They, they do um, kind of studies where they have you spit in a cup after you gargle, and 10% of those specimens in men will have HPV. About 3% of those specimens in women will have HPV. So HPV is there. It's uh, pretty common, and it's pretty easily spread through a variety of different sexual activities. Do you clear the virus if you um, – because th- there have been so many conflicting reports. I mean, sometimes you hear, well, everybody is likely to have one or more because there are so many different – there are like five major viruses, but there really are many more, right, um, yeah, strains of it? Yeah, there's over 100 HPV subtypes. And it, it does appear to be dynamic, that um, you acquire it, it lasts anywhere from days to a couple of months, and then it clears. People who are immunosuppressed um, with HIV infection and AIDS, who are immunosuppressive medications like steroids, who have other immunosuppressive uh, conditions, tend to clear it slower. Uh, so those populations tend to be at increased risk for the consequences of persistent infection, but it does appear to be one of those infections that is rapidly acquired but yet also cleared. So does that mean that you could get the vaccine uh, against it if, even if you've had it already? Yeah, so that's an open question. Um, right now the vaccine is recommended for persons up to age 26, um, vaccine uptake in the United States is still dismal. Uh, less than 10% of boys and about 40% of girls have been uh, vaccinated. Um, there, there's not, nothing real magic about the age of 26, except when they did the cost-effectiveness analysis, they determined that that was kind of the breakpoint where it made sense economically. But on an individual basis, if you haven't been particularly sexually active, there still may be individual benefit. And as you suggest, if it is one of these viruses that, you know, you can be exposed and clear it and exposed again and clear it, would the vaccine have benefit? But no one has studied that in that situation, so we don't know. I, I'm curious about what numbers we may have or what um, what kind of a threat it is for gay men um, in particular. I mean, certainly with HPV, uh, we see um, among gay men a risk of anal cancer and obviously women with cervical cancer. And I'm wondering about gay men in terms of oral sex. And and some people have even 
I've, I've, one article I read su- suggested that Michael Jugla- Douglas, as a straight man performing oral sex on a woman, it seemed highly unlikely that that he would um, have get have H have HPV because uh, you know what's involved, it wouldn't reach the back of his throat. I'm I'm just curious about your thoughts on all of that. Right, right, right. Well, I think that that's a pretty uninformed conclusion. Um, there's very good evidence that um, heterosexual, exclusively heterosexual men can have oral HPV uh, infection. The uh, U.S. CDC does a a large uh, population-based study um, every couple of years called the NHANES study, where they go around across the United States and they enroll people in uh, in this survey, and they collect all sorts of specimens and ask a whole bunch of questions. And they actually did an oral HPV survey in 2009 to 2010, and they looked at um, men who reported that they had uh, same-sex partners, and they looked at men who, uh, who, who reported only opposite-sex partners. Of course, there may, may be some you know, biases in terms of what people might report to government you know, survey people, but uh, this is a very large study, and um, they found that the positivity rate uh, uh, was the same, if not a little bit higher, in heterosexual men. So heterosexual men had about 7.5% positivity for HPV, and, um, and uh, men who had sex with men had a 7.1% positivity. So I would have thought if there was a, you know, important role of same-sex behavior and the performance of fellatio that we would see, you know, dramatically different numbers. Um, similarly, to we see dramatically different numbers for anal HPV. Uh, men who have sex with men have much higher rates of anal HPV than than heterosexual uh, men do. So it appears that you know you can actually acquire um, oral HPV from performing cunnilingus and um, also, as I mentioned, deep kissing. And it is a um, you know is a fairly easily spread STD. The throat cancer that um, is due to HPV, I was reading, is more easily treatable than throat cancer that is because of smoking? Yeah, so I think that, that that's the good news. I mean, there's actually, you know, a couple pieces of good news from, from this kind of wake-up call that, uh, that Mr. Douglas has uh, afforded all of us. You know, one is that there seems that their survival rates seem to be 10 times greater for HPV-associated uh, throat cancer than non-HPV-associated throat cancer. So there still, still seems to be some throat cancer caused by what we think of the traditional risk factors of smoking and alcohol use, and those seem to be very hard to treat. Um, life expectancy after diagnosis is much shorter, but the studies show that people with HPV-associated throat cancers can you know, live 10, 15 years plus. Um, so it seems much more uh, treatable in that regard. And then the other piece of good news, uh, as we started to talk about, was that much of these HPV-related cancers are caused by HPV-16, which is the type in both vaccines. So, you know, if we really want to address this as a public health issue, we need to make sure that um, people get vaccinated with the uh, vaccinations that, you know, work to prevent um, infection. In that same CDC study, in that national study, they they looked at the positivity rate of 
of um, oral HPV in people who, in women who reported vaccine versus not reporting the vaccine, and the prevalence or the positivity in the women who got a vaccine was zero. Wow. Zero. But most healthcare plans won't won't cover those vaccines if you're over a certain age, right? Um, as far as I know, most will not. But you know, it's time. It's worth it. <laughs> time to do some advocacy, maybe. And, <laughs> right. Uh, time to think about how the ACA and you know federal programs need need to be extended in different places. And uh, we have to, you know, we have this war on cancer for 30 years. And if we're not, you know, making the benefits of the war available, you know, it's it's just absurd. Should people um, get tested in the way that you know you have a a, a Pap smear um, for anal and and cervical cancer? And then I'm also curious in 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 those cases as well, if if they find something positive, precancerous cells, they can remove them. And and before you even develop cancer, you might not ever even develop it. But they remove the the doctor removes the precancerous cells. Can they do that in your throat as well? Yeah, it doesn't seem that there's any screening program, um, but it's it's a great idea. And then if people can you know swish and spit you know some fluid back into a cup, can they look at the cells in that cup and see if there are any you know atypical uh, precancer cells? So. Um, Maybe that's being studied. I'm not particularly aware of it. But right now, there is no uh, screening program. Um, if people have symptoms, if they have, you know, abnormal lumps or irritations or kind of unusual feeling in the back of their throat, uh, certainly recommendation is go seek medical attention, have it, you know, looked at, don't um, ignore it. Uh, these types of cancers are treatable, and their survival with early treatment is uh, very good. I mean, that's my understanding is that that's how Mr. Douglas um, presented. You know, he identified something abnormal, and he went to see his doctor. And try to get uh, that vaccine if you right. can. Right, and, and, you know, particularly parents need to make sure adolescents get that vaccine and then young adults. And then, you know, it's just unknown in terms of the benefit in older adults who may have already been exposed and already been infected. So we need to call on, you know, resources to, to do those studies and, you know, look at the benefits. I mean, if, if, you know, we're saying that these oral pharyngeal cancers, throat cancers are more common than cervical cancer, you know, it's time to redouble our efforts for, for you know, prevention and do the research to understand the way forward. Mm -hmm. Well, very informative uh, and very important. Thanks so much for coming on the program today. All right. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Jeffrey Klausner is at the UCLA Geffen School of Medicine, UCLA School of Public Health. We're back in a few minutes. This is the Michelangelo Senior Ellie Show on Sirius XM. 